Ooh, before I started, I want to say thank you <laughs> to Dr. Hardy and Professor McKinley for not taking my face expression because when they asked me, I'm like, Ugh, I don't know, I want to do that. <laughs> because I've been missing church, you know, when I, you know, I didn't have no cards, so I've been missing church. I said, like, if I miss church, there's no way they're going to pick me. <laughs> they weren't going to pick me. When I come back to church, you say, oops, no, you got to do this. But, <laughs> but I'm happy they picked me because I was jealous when all those women come in and preach. And I'm like, oh, if I, was, if I wasn't one of those women, I'd be, I'll feel bad. But I was, I was happy that, you know, she chose me, even my face expression. But I'm glad. <laughs> And let's give a big applause for all those women who come before me. And the last one and tomorrow, they did an amazing job. <laughs> they did an amazing job. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, my sermon is about law and love for grace. And I was, yeah, first when Dr. Cindy sent me the paper, her name was on it. I said she could have just sent it with all those notes she got on. <laughs> all I had to do, <laughs> her, I said all I had to do is just, you know, preach it for her. <laughs> I said all I had to do is just preach it for her. But and, and, and after that, I realized that was her note, not mine. Because I couldn't put it down like I tell you. Like I probably write it down three sermons before that. And none of them was the one the father told me to preach. And it's amazing, I had to finish yesterday. Thank you to Kina and Kirby <laughs> for helping me put it together. Again, the sermon today is Law for Grace. There's a, I found a quote on, on Google. It talks about law and grace. It, was, it says, grace means that, grace mean that God do something for me. The law means that I do something for God. God has certain holy and righteous demand which is placed upon me. The law, that is the law. Now, if law means that God requires something for me, for the fulfillment, then deliverance from the law means he no longer requires that from me, but himself provided. Amen. So I'm going to show you the difference between law and grace. Law make you do something. Grace, the Father asked me to do. Law make me do something. Grace is the Father asked me to do something. Law, con law condemn nation. Grace forgiveness. Law curse. Grace redeem from the curses. Law kills. Grace make you alive. Law, law shut every mouth. But grace opens every mouth to praise him. Law Put the distance between man and the Father. But grace draw man close to the Father. Law, law say eyes for eyes, tooth for, tooth for a tooth. But grace say resist every evil, turn the other cheek. Grace say hate your enemies. No, law say hate your enemies, but grace says love your enemy, bless them that curse you. Law said never had a law said never had a missionary, but grace to be preached to every creature. Law said the sheep die for the shepherd, but grace said the sheep. The sheep die. Lord's grace said the sheep die for the shepherd, but grace said the sheep die for the sheep. The she grace, I'm sorry, grace 
say the shepherd died for the sheep. So we go into our first scripture, which is woman A verse 1. I'm going too fast, I'm sorry. Woman <laughs> A verse 1 say, Now there is no condemnation for those that belong to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Through grace, we don't have to stay to a past mistake. Pretty much the law, you couldn't understand the law where they pretty much tells itself that you have to follow the law. But grace is something totally different. The Bible says that through grace, we don't have to stay on your past mistake. The Bible says that you can go to the Father when we make a mistake. He already been forgive us. Grace lead men to repentance. Meaning, hey, we don't have to repent because we're afraid that he's not going to bless us. But we repent because we love him. We love him so much and we want to grow in this relationship. There's a verse say, kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of the God of God lead you to repentance. As the children of God, we are growing in this relationship. Our mindset is not to focus on our sin. When we when we live in like Oh, mindset is not to focus on a sin, but it's to grow in as the children of God. When we live in a sin, it separates us from the Father promise. Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I act like a child, I understood like a child, I taught like a child, but when I become a man, I put my childish away. So what he meant is, he said, what he meant, believers do not focus on sins. We don't focus on sins. As the children of God, we don't focus on sin. We focus on growing. That is what graceful. We focus on growing. We don't focus on, we don't focus on a mistake anymore. When we become amateur, we put the childish away. That is the childish things. We don't, we don't focus on that anymore. And now we focus on coming amateur. What is really meant is we become, we become growing. We become like Christ. The Father knows. The Father always knows your mistakes. Grace if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, grace doesn't belong to you. No, if you don't accept Jesus Christ, grace don't belong to you. You have nothing to grow to. Grace is only for the children of God. So when Paul is talking about maturity, maturity is not for a non-believer. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, there is no expectation. There's no such thing as growing. There's no such thing as growing. We, can, we cannot become like the Father. We cannot become like Christ. So the moment we accept Jesus Christ, we're no longer living under the law. We're under grace. The we we become we become like Christ. The reason that I say Christ, there is the Father. Christ says, "The Father are one." You see me, you you see him. There there is the Son, and there is the Father. They explain our relationship through DNA. 
So we also with the Father, we are one. Christ is in us. <laughs> that explains the relationship with the Father with the DNA. Because we are we are one in a relationship. And so we are one with the Father. We are one with Christ. Christ is in us. We are his hope of glory. We have his DNA. His likeness. The moment you we receive Jesus, the moment we receive and accept Jesus Christ, you know we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. Now Christ is living in us. When the Father look at us, he doesn't see us. He sees Christ. He sees his son. So Jesus, died, he gives us that relationship back. So he brings us back to the, to the family. When Adam sinned, we lost that relationship. We lost that relation. From Moses, we were living under the law. We have the law. So the, the, law, was to, the law was to establish so he come, he came, the law came and keep us in order. The law was never to get us to Christ. If you read in the book of Hebrew, it says that those things, those things never pleased the, the father. Those sacrifices, the father was never pleased. That was not ever the father's plan. The law was, the law was simple order to help us get in the line. He was a system to keep us in order, to show us our mistakes, but the law can help us. All the law can do for you and me, it can't tell you what you do, what you did wrong, but you cannot become a children of God. The law cannot help you grow. It, it only tells you what you did wrong. But grace, with grace, you know that it's okay, we did something wrong. But the father said, don't focus on this. My son, Jesus Christ, already given his life for our mistakes. So you don't have to focus on your sin. That is what grace for. You don't focus on your past mistake. Because Jesus Christ already take all on the cross. He gave us this relationship back. Now we are one with the Father. We have received his grace. As myself, I could see, as myself, I'm a perfect example has grace and law. For those who doesn't know, my father's a pastor. <laughs> yeah, his name is Tony Peter. Yep, Tony. So since I was growing up, everybody keep calling me Pastor Tony E. Daughter. Pastor Tony Daughter. But, they you know, people can understand being Pastor Tony Daughter, it was like a big charge, you know. They, I, I don't think some people didn't even know my name. They keep calling me Pastor Tony Daughter, Pastor Tony Daughter. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, that's not my name. I know I'm, I'm already Pastor Tony Daughter, but it is not my name. My name is Manushka, so, but I come, you know, get used to it. But the, the hard part was, for, my father church was also a, a school. So from Monday to Friday, those people that I see on Sunday have to see them from Monday to Friday. <laughs> so, you know, on Monday, and the hard part was being my pastor, Pastor Tony, that it was kind of hard you know, you, your grade have to be higher than everybody. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't, you know, like, you can't even have fun because you have, everything you've done, oh, you're a you pastor daughter. You can't do this. You can't do that. I'm like, okay. What, what is the pastor daughter daughter supposed to do? <laughs> what is it the pastor daughter supposed to do? Because I don't know. Tell me. All you, can, all you keep saying, don't, don't. But you never, what can I do? 
So another thing, you know, every Sunday we get to go to church because, you know, I'm Pastor Tony's daughter. I have to go to church. With my father, you cannot miss church. Even if your hair done, you didn't have no clothes, he'll put everybody in the car. Let's go to church. You can't miss it. But I didn't mind to go. But the only problem I have, I couldn't understand the purpose of going to church. I, I never belonged to church. Like, you know, I never, be, I just go, I said, maybe, you know, when people are praying, jumping, I'm like, how they get there? I want to get there. I wanted to get there. I wanted the screaming, I want to do the moving, like, I don't know how to get there. But I keep going to church. Now I'm 16, and I'm pregnant with my first child. Can you imagine? Pastor Donnie Dorty now is pregnant. Yes, my father was preaching about, you know, you can get pregnant before marriage. You can't, you know. Now, the minute that I get pregnant, I can feel it. The relationships change from my house to my neighbor to my church. But my father wasn't, you know, my father was already, you know, in America. He was really traveling. Every time he calls my mother, he'd be like, oh, if I wasn't here, she would never get pregnant. But I, I feel kind of bad because, you know, like, I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, but he keeps saying that to my mother. Oh, if I was you, you know, your daughter, could, I know she would never get pregnant. I was, I, I was in a point of my life where I'm like, you know, I feel like, you know what? There's no way God going to love me. Because now I have a daughter where I wasn't married. I was 16. My, nobody in my family can go back to church. If my father was, you know, in Haiti at the time, he had to step down as a pastor because that was the law in the church. Because you, if your daughter is pregnant, you can't be a pastor anymore. Yes. That was the law. You can't be a pastor. Your daughter's pregnant like, you know, like it. I couldn't understand. But when I found out... I'm coming here and I make I'm like, oh, I was happy. Not because I was happy. I have to leave my I'm leaving my daughter behind. Because I feel like oh, I'm not gonna bring that shame with me. So I'm leaving her behind. Maybe my father, you know, because my relationship with my father changed. My parents, you know, you could you could feel it in my house like everybody, you know, they, they didn't fight me, they didn't but you could feel it. Your whole neighborhood like be looking at you, hey, you can't preach me, you pregnant. What you gonna tell me now? What is it you gonna preach me about? So now I'm here and I'm like uh, I thought thing, you know, maybe things would be different. My daughter, she's still in Haiti, and one day I pray God will bring her, you know, bring her with me. So when I'm here, I thought, you know, church will be different. <laughs> Since, you know, we're in a big country, church will totally be different. Next thing I know, the first Sunday, my father asked all seven of us to stand in the stand and sing. I don't know how to sing. <laughs> I don't know how to sing, but my father, the, the fact that he wanted all of us to sing, that was the way to say thank you for the church for helping him. And my mama like, why can't you just write a letter you know, a paper say thank you? But we don't have to stand and sing. I don't want to sing. Because people didn't know what I was going through in my heart. I didn't belong to church. I didn't want to be there. I didn't, like my heart is like, why I'm here? I wouldn't make a mistake. I have a daughter. So there's no way God going to hear me. So I keep... I keep going to church. We sing that first Sunday. Like you can see, I can't sing. That's for Kirby. <laughs> Singing don't belong to me. I keep that for Kirby. But when, I, when we start going to church, I thought church would be different. My God. I went to a church. It was like a competition. The car you driving, the clothes you wearing, how much money you put in. <laughs> It's what, it was like a competition. If you wear makeup, you look like Jezebel. If your dress is too tight, how you going? Like, it was, I'm like, what is going on? I didn't laugh. I thought it was going to be different. And it's funny, you know, they talk about your clothes. They talk about, you know, like there's some people I used to be friends with. We go to the same school. 
And on Sundays when we talking to people, and this lady coming to me and said, hey, you, need to, you can't hang out with those girls because, you know, your father's a pastor. Those girls be going to the club to be doing this. I'm like, how do you know? <laughs> how do you know those things? How you, how you follow them? How do you know? And when she was telling me what they doing, and I'm like, if she find out that I have a daughter, how's she going to treat me? How are you going to treat me if you find out I have a daughter? And to, one first and last time I went to Bible study, I wear a pants. I wear pants because it was really cold. So I wear pants after the Bible, and that was my first and last time. <laughs> when the lady coming to me, she said, oh, you're Pastor Tony's daughter. Pants is for a man. You can't wear it. I'm like, oh, what I wanted to ask, I wanted, oh, where in the Bible say pants are only for men? <laughs> what I want, I'm like, where in the Bible? Show it to me. You know, I don't mind you tell me. You got to show me where you see it. Don't just tell me don't, 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 and you don't show me and give me a poop. That was my last time, so I never went to Bible study, so... It's okay. <laughs> They're still going back for me. Because <laughs> it was cold, so I can't go back, you know. And I keep, I keep going to church. Even I was going through something, you know, I was in a competition church where, you know, you have to be a lawyer, doctors. You know, wedding is like, it's like a, you know, competition. It was wedding is bigger. My daughter do this. My daughter do I'm like, I can't. I'm like, what kind of church is that, Father? Like if you if you they pass we know when you they do an offering you don't put money the lady say oh you don't have a job yet I'm like I want to say I could decide it's not about job I could decide I don't want to put my money do I have to <laughs> where in the Bible say put your money in there <laughs> when you know when you start putting money she asks oh you got a job now I'm like are you what? <laughs> When I, I feel like I didn't belong to church, now I'm married. When I get married, I wanted to like do something just so I can belong in church. I have a daughter. I wasn't married, so now if I if I get married, maybe God will accept me. If I get you know, if I get married, maybe God will you know will show me you know favor. That was not. But it's funny when before you go to a relationship, if a man tells you, as a woman used to call cops on him, you need to stay away from this relationship. <laughs> it's as funny how the father showed you before you know you go through this relationship, but you still ignore it. Because I was broken, and I met someone who's more broken than I am. Now I'm married. I am in an abusing relationship where I'm getting abused verbally, physically. Sometimes I can't even make it to church because my face is swelling. I can talk to my family because, you know, pretty much I know what they're going to tell me. Pray God, your marriage is going to work. I don't don't even know what to say to God. And I feel like, is God going to listen to me because... How would he have a daughter? I don't think God gonna listen to my prayer. So I am right, I'm staying this marriage, try to fix it, because I don't wanna make another church mistake. So I had to stay in this marriage. I had to. So I'm staying in this marriage, stay there. And you know, I was taking a nursing class and this lady was so I asked her, you know, if you're married, you know, I was just joking. I said, if your marriage is not working, your husband doing this, what you she said, Oh no, you can't get divorced. The Bible says don't get divorced. I'm I was gonna say, What scripture? <laughs> what scripture say? Don't say the Bible, but what scripture say don't get divorced? And my mom says, So God say get beat up. God say, you know, like you almost die. I'm like, okay. So I stay in this marriage. Me and my ex, we always fighting, we're all fighting. So he used to be a truck driver. 
So one time we have a big fight, and he left for like six months. That was God telling me to get out this marriage, but hey, I want to stay in this marriage. I don't want, I don't want to tell people I'm divorced. I'm Pastor Tony's daughter. I don't want to get divorced. I have a daughter who needs a father, so I can't get divorced. So when my husband finally come back after six months, because he used to drive truck, he said, you know what, let's move to New York. So I, I, I don't know, maybe he think I was going to say no. So I said, okay, let's move to New York City. Because I don't want to, I don't want to get divorced. I want to fix this broken thing, you know. It's broken, but I want to fix it. So we moved to New York City. But before we get to New York City, we, while we were driving, you could feel the atmosphere like my ex is not even happy I'm on the truck with him. Like you could see he barely talked to me. Like, he looked like, you know, he's not smiling, I'm not smiling, I'm like, we forcing. And, but when I was a truck, I, I paid attention, you know. Us women, we kind of like FBI, CIA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm paying attention to everything. <laughs> so, I see everything he done in the truck. So, like, you know, usually when we go taking showers, we, check, we take our stuff and we go take a shower. We don't left, you know. So one night he said, oh, I'm going to check if I have, you know, enough points. Because when you put money, every time you put money in your car, you get points. So you get free shower. So one night he said, oh, let me go check. So usually we go, we pick up all stuff together, or soap or stuff, and we check and we go check a shower. But tonight he said, no, let me go check by myself and come back, come get you. I'm like, that's too much. But I didn't argue with him. I let him go. But I follow him anyway. He didn't know. <laughs> so while I was following him, he was, he, he was on the phone and I was like, I didn't let him see me, but I could see him talking on the phone for like a 20 minutes. After I finished he talking, he was laughing. I'm telling you, this man been not laughing at me for like this whole trip. Now he's laughing, he's happy, I'm like, okay, what's going on? So I finally let him see me, he just hang up the phone, there was a pay phone was still there. <laughs> so when I asked him, I said, oh, what happened? Who you were talking to? He was, oh, I was trying to talk to the truck company. But let me tell you, truck company, when they put you on hold, you gotta stay in hold. Because it is hard to talk to them because there's like 100 people, they have tried to reach them. I'm like, really? Okay, I didn't argue with him. I said, okay. But I could tell that was a lie, you could feel it. So now we're in New York City. When we, when we make it to New York City, so we, I don't know, if you ever been to New York, the house in New York, like you could have a big house, you can rent somebody, like a woman there. So while I'm out, I was in New York, and the minute when I get to the house, I could feel everybody's looking at me. Everybody's looking at me like, what this man was thinking bringing this woman here? Because everybody's looking at me. I'm like, okay, what's going on? And this little boy, I don't, know, I don't remember what age, but he was old enough to understand. He say, he say, hey, you are a mysterious man, you know that? And somebody say, be quiet, boy. <laughs> he say, you are a mysterious man. And someone say, be quiet. I'm, the minute the boy say that, I understand. The minute the boy say, you're a mysterious man, I understand. Especially some women jump and tell him to be quiet. I didn't ask him. So, well, you know, it was like, now time to go to bed. So we all go to bed. He went to check his truck. While he was checking the truck and I was in the room, I started hearing screaming. I start hearing screaming, so I get up and I went outside. And this lady was like, whatever you do, don't go outside. Don't go outside, please. She's screaming, please, please don't go outside. So I listen to her and I wait. So when my ex come in, I say, what's going on? What happened? I say, please don't lie to me anymore because I can't take it. Please tell me the truth. So when he coming back, he said, oh, this house you're in, a lady was rented for me. It's not mine. 
Like a lady went this womb for him. Like a lady he was dating with this womb. So the lady coming at nine, heard that I was there. So she coming to fight him. She bring her sister, her brother. She even put breaking a knife. So I almost lost my life. Yeah. So if I didn't listen to that lady that night, I could have died. So I said, okay. So the next morning, so we decided to leave the house. I said, you know what? I can't stay there. If I have to go to shelter, I will go to shelter. Whatever I have to do in New York City. But it's funny. I didn't want to go back to New York. I didn't. I didn't want to go back to Georgia anymore. Because my mind's already made up. Because I don't want to go back. Because I feel like I, I wasn't belong. I don't know. I was searching for something, but I, it's not in jo- Georgia anymore. So, I, so we go to shelter, apartment, until we finally find a house in New York. But while we find this house in New York, we, we wasn't happy. His phone came ringing at night. I'm like, God. Phone keep ringing one night. I pick up the phone. I didn't say nothing. You hear this lady say, baby. I say, oh, baby's calling you. <laughs> I said, baby's calling you. I give him the phone. I say, hey, baby's calling you. He, he, he hang up the phone. He said, he said, oh, why you hang up? I said, she want to touch your baby. He said, oh, no. My, you know, I don't know. My ex took our stupid. <laughs> He say, oh, that was one of the spread customer service that I gave my number. <laughs> I say, oh, this man think I just come from Haiti. I can't lie. <laughs> he said, oh, that was, oh, that was one of the, you know, spread customer service that I gave him my number. I say, I know I'm not born in this country, but I never heard a customer service give the number. I said, I never heard of that. But I didn't argue with him. I said, okay. So before I decide to get divorced, I tried to go to church one more time. Right? So I went to church. Uh, when I went to church, the church did help me. They did help me get Marcus, my son, the daycare. But the lady was like, you need to bring your husband so we can pray for you, but you can get divorced. I said, lady, in my head, I said, that's not what I want to hear. I need to get divorced because this is not working for me. So I get divorced. I am not divorced. When, when my parents calling me, I'm, I'm kind of lying. I say, hey, I'm not divorced yet. But I say, he go to work. But I was divorced. But one thing about when you when you working, <laughs> when you're working, wow. Now I'm, I'm in another relationship. It's pretty much the same because I am still working. I'm looking for something in the wrong place. I'm still working. I'm not healing yet. I'm, I'm in another relationship which is the same thing. But one thing is I didn't stay for too long, no. I didn't stay for too long. I said, no, I've been there, done that. I can't go back there. But now I have my two kids with me. I'm in New York, working at, you know, for a minute I thought if I have a, you know, a great job, if I finish school, maybe, you know, God will look, you know, look at me. Maybe I, you know, I will find some kind of love. But that wasn't it. So 2015, I decided to move back to Atlanta, move back to my parents' house. But when I moved back to my parents' house, I was going through something in my life. Nobody know. I was depressed. I was lonely. And I was looking for love in the wrong place. I go, you know, even when I go, when I go to work at night, I, I still can't find a sleep. I still can't sleep. No matter how much I work, I still go to go to sleep. And one night, I was driving. That's how I start work. You know, that's all where my workout start. And I see Planet Fitness sign. So I said, you know what? Let me give it a try. I did. I give it a try. And that night, I finally 
fall asleep. I finally get some sleep. But I was still looking for love in the wrong place. And while I was working out, this man, he come and talked to me. He said, oh, my God, I can see you, you know, working out all the time. You know, let's work out together. What's this big line? <laughs> it's funny. I, I, I didn't, I was, I was picky. I was really picky and I went to work. I tell one of my coworkers, oh, this, this man was asking me out. You know, it's not asking me, but he asking me on a date. Wrong people to ask questions, to ask, you know, relationship advice. She, she said, oh, you have three kids. No man will want to date you with three kids, so you might want to go out with this man. Yes. She said that. And I called my best friend, and I said, hey, this, this man was talking to me. I don't, I don't really like him like that, you know. My friend said, girl, you're going out. It's free food. <laughs> he said, get you some free food. <laughs> And, not, and me, with my orphan mind, I, I decided to go. You know, I started, not in a relationship, but start dating, start going out. I don't know. <laughs> so we start going out. We start working out together, almost having, you know. And this man, I, I guess my body stops changing a little bit. You know, start showing people, telling people, oh, I changed this body, I did this, I did that. I'm like, okay, I work out myself. But now every woman who's coming to the gym, they say, oh, I trained her, I trained her, I trained, you know, I did this, I changed her body. I'm like, okay. Like so many women, you know, it's been two years we've been doing this. Oh, one time I come and I say, hey, when, when are we going to stop being in a relationship? You know, sometimes the father, you know, Put the right answer, but we still, you know, we we still don't listen. We, he said, oh, I'm not ready yet for relationship right now. I'm not settled. You know, you have three kids. Which is what he said makes sense, but it's just my mind was like, I'm looking for love. I'm desperate. I want someone to love me. I want someone, you know, to love my children. He was like, oh, I'm not ready. I'm not financial ready. I'm not, you know, you have three kids. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm not asking you to pay my bill. I'm asking you to love me. He said, no, I'm not ready. That was a sign for me to just walk away. But I didn't. I still, I still try to, you know, fix someone who is more broken than I am. And one, one Monday, I was at work. And this lady come into my job. <laughs> she was built. She was amazing. And I was, I, was, I say, oh my God, do you train? Because I wanted to be a bodybuilder at this moment. I said, no, I don't. And she said, yeah, I'm a trainer. So I said, okay. Now I'm going to get a coach. So we start training. She started training me, getting ready for my show. I guess while I, while I was focused on getting with him for my show, so I started paying attention to the man who make me feel so low. This man made me question my beauty. Make me want to get a, you know, get a breast implant. I look at myself, I say, what are, I'm asking myself, what is it missing? Why can't a man love me? Why can't this man just be with me? Because every night I'm forcing this man to call me. I'm forcing this man to text me. I'm forcing this man to check on me. I'm forcing this man to do things that he don't want to do. Things he need for himself. I'm forcing someone to love me. It is one time I think I cannot go to his, his uh, laptop because we usually watch him TV. And the woman that he follow on social media, you know those women on social media, you know, half-naked woman, you know, all this. So I'm like, okay, I guess that's the type of woman. So I guess that's what I had to look like for him to love me. So 
I went home, I cried, I keep crying, I keep crying, I'm crying. And I pick up the phone. I call one of my favorite brother, which is Curly. <laughs> I tell him, I say, why can't this man love me? And I was crying, I was crying. And, and you know, he got the best answer, but that's not what you want to hear. Because you still got the off in mind. He says, he said, God will never give you someone who will make you cry. He said that. He said, God will never give you someone to make you cry. This man can give you the best relationship advice. Even he wasn't a relationship himself. <laughs> he wasn't a relationship, but he could give you a great relationship. But I didn't listen to him. I'm still forcing the men who don't want to be with me. I'm telling you, this man, like, I'm still, I'm, every time I had to look at myself, question it. I'm trying to find something what is not good in me to see why this man Now I have a trainer. Now, the fact that I have a trainer, I'm getting for my show. I'm more focused on my show than all the things. I guess the fact that I was focused on my show, I wasn't focused to him. He started texting me now, a mate of my, you know, my training. And one time, my coach, she said, Manu, you cannot be in a relationship. You cannot be in a toxic relationship and getting ready for a show. Because when you're getting ready for a bodybuilder show, your mind has to be free in. Because... When you get to like the four, the last four weeks of the show, the water pulling out of your body, you like I'm telling you, no carbs, you you crazy. Everything is, everything, <laughs> you know, everything you know people do. My kids stop getting on money, everything. So Michael said, Manu, you cannot be in that relationship. That man don't love you. If he keep texting, he know you're working out, but he keep texting, he keep calling you. He keep disturbing you. He doesn't love you. If he cannot understand that you're getting ready for a show, this man don't love you. So I listen, I listen to her because she was a single mother like me. So I listen to her. I ignore this man. And I don't know, year goes by. Years go by. Year goes by. And I remember last year, Kirby said, what happened? I said, oh, Kirby said, what happened to this relationship? I completely forget that I was some kind of relationship, you know, dating. I don't know. I completely forget. Kirby said, what happened? I said, oh, Kirby, oh, I forget. I was in a relationship. Wow. I forget about that. <laughs> I said, I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. But it is funny thing. When my, when my eyes start cleaning up, this man need a bodybuilder. He need a trainer. <laughs> he need a trainer himself. He been training since 2014. I just started 2017, and my body already looking. I'm like, what, what you are thinking, Manu? <laughs> what was wrong with you, girl? I'm looking at myself, and I said, Manu, what are you thinking? This man need a this man need a trainer. Talk about he was training me. No, now he's asking me to be his trainer. Now he asking me. When he see my picture, he said, "Hey, can you be my trainer?" I'm like, "Oh no, stay waiting for me." <laughs> I said, "No." I said, "I could love you from a distance." <laughs> I said, "No." He be like, "Oh, don't be acting." You know, it's if he be like, "Oh, God say you cannot, you know, hate." And I said, "Yeah, God say I don't hate you." But I don't have to be hanging out with you anymore. I say I don't hate you, but I don't have to hang out with you, you know. But it didn't end, he didn't but it didn't end there. So after I answer Kirby, I say, I don't know, Kirby, I don't know what happened to this man, you know. I'm living my life now. But that was that wasn't enough because I was still I was still thinking that I need somebody. I was still feeling lonely that I still in love. So last year, Kirby said, hey, let's go to church. He said, let's go to church. I'm like, here we go again. Let's go to church. (laughs) 
But I didn't know he was going to bring me to divine generation. That's what he was going to bring. When I first come in, I don't, if you listen to the podcast, my pastor McKinley always preaching about the relationship with the father. He always talking about God is our father. The first time in my life when I come here, I know God was my father. <laughs> For the first time, I know like I, I I could build a relationship with the father. So after I listened to McKinley preach that you could build a relationship with the father. You could go to the father and ask him. So I went home. Even I didn't, even I, you know, I didn't know how to pray, but my prayer was simple. At first I say, God, you know, I wanna, I wanna be able to come to church every Sunday. That was one part of my prayer. In the other part of my prayer, sorry, Kirby, I have to put your business out there. <laughs> I say, God, I want to have a relationship just like my boy and Kirby does. Because <laughs> Kirby, he, he trusts the Father. He does. I remember one time, sorry, his went was due. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Kirby. His went was due, and he said, and I'm like, hey, uh, your went is due on Monday. What you gonna do? It was Sunday, so the went due the next day. He said, he said, oh, I'm just gonna pray God. I said, oh, your went is due tomorrow. You're just going to pray God. And my mom, and I tell him, I said, damn, this guy, you better stop asking people to, you know, borrow some money. Your went is due. <laughs> but at the same time, I could see how much he trusts the father. Because his went is due the next day. He still trusts the father. He able to say, I'm just going to pray him. I'm just going to lay down everything to him. Whatever it happened. I never asked him what happened, but I figured they were going to be paid. <laughs> but after, after I did that prayer, I keep coming to church. First thing I did, I learned how to speak tongue. I didn't know how to speak tongue. Growing up, speaking tongue was like the devil language. I don't know what I got there. That's why I know. <laughs> yeah. That's what they, you know, that's what I know. Speaking tongue is the devil language. So I start speaking tongue. I start learning how to pray. And one time, I don't know if you ever been delivered. If you ever been delivered, you know the feeling. So one time they asking if you want to participate in a delivering class. I say yes. The moment that I walked to the class, I could feel it. I could feel I could feel everything. Because that morning I almost not make it. <laughs> I almost not make it because Kirby was supposed to take me, but something almost happened to him. But I you know, I said, No, Kirby, we going. <laughs> if I had to drag you there, we going. So when when the class was almost, you know, we, while we were taking the class, I could see, I could see a lot of things. It is amazing when you start hearing the Father. It's a beautiful thing. So while they were doing the class, I could see a lot of things. And while they were praying, Kirby was behind me, so I, I could hear a voice. I could hear a voice, but I thought it was Kirby for a minute. So I had to look at the back because it wasn't Kirby. 
I don't know. I could hear the voice so clear. I could hear the father say, you are love. He says, I love you when you have your daughter. I love you when you got divorced. I love you when you go to those relationships, those love you are looking at the right, the wrong place. He said, I love you. You are love. When I hear that, I'm like, I start crying. I, I could, I'm like, I was, I'm in love. I start crying. I said, I, I can't believe it. There's, there is someone out there that I don't have to beg. That I don't have to force. That I don't have to say, why can't you love me? Why can't you talk to me? The father already loved me. It was amazing. It is the minute the father, the minute they say I was loved, I could see I could see my life. I don't know if you ever see a movie, you could see your life flashing back. I could see my life when I have my daughter. I could see my my marriage. I could see the people in my life who who spoke wrong to me. I could see everything. And the beautiful thing about it, I could see my future. I could see what's the part of having stuff for me. I could see everything. And the father know I'm a boy headed and I'll need a confirmation. Six, I, I don't remember, probably three or four months later. Dr. Hardy said the same thing. He said, Manu, you are love. The father said, you are love. She said the same thing that I hear. The father want to make sure he give me confirmation because he know me because I have to get some. <laughs> From that moment when I get home, I was I was I, I was so happy. I was set free. I was free. I don't need no man to love me anymore. The father already loved me. So before we finish, there's this verse that I wanted to read. Before we finish, because I'm finished. It's Ephesians 2, verse 4 to 5. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, he made us alive with Christ even when we are dead in translation. It is by grace you have been saved. 